0: Welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable here on a Wednesday with Bo Brock live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. Bo, got a, a fun little football game on the docket come Sunday afternoon against the visiting unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles. What can you tell us about the current state of the Redbirds as they practice today?
1: This team is getting healthier. It seems like they're getting more and more confident. Uh, you know, actually more than just a quarter, a good quarter of play against the Raiders. They they actually put together a pretty decent half. So you, things are slowly but surely getting better. But man, I mean, if a team can kind of throw you off track in kind of in that momentum and get back into the dog days of, of losing at home, which we haven't seen one in nearly a calendar year, it's this Philadelphia Eagles team. But, you know, we can start to kind of, poke at this undefeated team coming to town, but Arizona Cardinals getting healthier, uh, not at the kicking position. It looks like Matt Amendola is going to be the guy putting through, putting hopefully putting them through the uprights because Matt Prater has already been Ruled out what's going on with those chase. Is this
0: is this their new kicker? What's it, we got the picture of the new kicker here? Is it no? Me? That's
1: Rodrigo Blankenship. Matt Amandola um does oh, we, not look like that. He doesn't
0: go with this handsome bastard there. He, okay. doesn't, he doesn't wear the rec specs. No. That's disappointing. Now I can't root for him. Can I? can I also
1: say this? And, and I don't know if I'm allowed to, to disclose this because okay. of, of media oh, okay. rules and regulations, but I'm I'm just gonna Ooh. do it. And yeah. If I get my hand slapped, then fine. If I get my credential revoked, Mark Dahl and cover your ears. Yeah, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, was in the building today. DeAndre hey, Hopkins is is back. Uh, he's mids? not. He's not going to play this week, obviously. But when you're suspended, at at some point, you are allowed back in the team facility. Obviously, you can't practice or anything. But D Hop, uh, two weeks from tomorrow johnny venerable will be playing football for realsies mm, mm, mm. can't wait for that
0: uh there's you no know you...
2: way that you just said for reals I, I did it's
0: I'm, very I'm, for Z. what's I'm, up amazed. isaiah uh good afternoon you what things are going appreciate you king uh deandre hopkins yeah i wonder what he's doing like getting some getting some food to go maybe getting a workout <laughs> in getting a sweat in at the at the tempe facility i love it team guy i mean listen I don't know how far it's going to go. It's going to be based on his play and how effective he is. But he's due like $30-plus plus million next year. They probably want to see what he's been up to. Is he in good shape? He looked like he was in the best shape of his career when I saw him at training camp. He was unstoppable. Um, so that's good news. Is it not good news that Billy Price is on this team? Low key, <laughs> is that out of necessity? We've got Jose in the chat. Billy Price mm, declined first-rounder, lost his job to Trey Hopkins a couple of years ago was good working with Hernandez when he was with the G-men. Well, you know, Will Hernandez is a better player than than Billy Price, undoubtedly. And, you know, Billy, old Billy, has had a couple stops, and I'm a little concerned, Bo Brock, this is more than just depth. Could he see playing time on Sunday, do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very possible. We talked to Will Hernandez, a, a big part of that group, a guy who's been the, one of the most steady offensive linemen for the Arizona Cardinals, and he says, look, the mentality is next man up, kind of – throwing it back the old cliche one that we uh fell kind of fell in love with the ba era with like that next man up mentality but you know you have to look at the guys who they have right now beyond the starters if billy price has to play for this team yeah you should be concerned no matter i mean when you look at the the interior of this eagles defensive line it's terrifying fletcher cox is, is still playing at a decent level you got some good pass rushers there it's you got, you're going to have to slow them down, and if you want to get, if you should expect the shootout probably, and if you're going to get be able to kind of pull your own weight offensively, you're going to need good protection for Kyler Murray, and and if Billy Price is in there, then I, I'd be a little uh, skeptical that they can get that good protection.
0: Well, let's run through the the hypothetical scenarios as it relates to the offensive line. We, you yeah, know, tackles are healthy. They look good. Beecham and Humphreys. Will Hernandez was temporarily removed from the game last week and so he's fine so it really comes down to Rodney Hudson's got a foot right and then Justin Pugh's got a stinger in his elbow it seems like the most likely scenario is that Pugh definitely misses the game but Rodney Hudson what can you tell us about the Cardinals former Pro Bowl center it's tough to
1: tell on these days because he's he's out regardless he's got those vet days off so I don't know if they're they're using that more as a, as a smoke screen. Uh, because he, he was on the injury report at this time last week. He came out of yeah. the game as you mentioned, and he was back in there. I, I think it's it's just a it's a depth play and they're just that's the unit that usually gets ravaged throughout the season. You're sitting here at week five and, and they just saw a guy that they were a little familiar with as, as you tweeted out Johnny at Johnny Venerable that this team had, had met with Billy Price during the summer and they just felt like, hey, we'll, we'll bring a guy with a, with a first round re, uh, first rounder on his resume. And and couple him potentially with with Kugler, their offensive line coach, and and maybe he can work his magic and and them have depth along the way. But like he's right there in the mix. Like Billy Price is right there in the mix as far as Max Garcia and Sean Harlow, where you can you trust them about as
0: far as you can throw them and they're big boys, you can't throw them that far. Cody Ford was supposed to be kind of that plug and play guy. Uh, as Justin Pugh attempted to return from injury earlier this year, he's on injured reserve. So yeah, it's if you're picking between Sean Harlow, Billy Price, and Max Garcia, that's a tough place to be. But it's better if you're just replacing one guy, obviously, than two. Here's hoping Rodney can play. Uh, we've got a comment here: Elon Five Beachum, right, right tackle Kelvin Beachum. According to Elon Five, has declined horribly. I wonder if Josh Jones can play some right tackle. Well, I know he can. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Cardinals feel more comfortable with him right now. I think Jones, if you had to ask me next year, he's absolutely in the mix and the starter at right tackle. What he can't play is interior offensive line. We saw that last year. They tried to fit a square peg into a you know circular hole and it did not work out. He's a finesse type of player in the best possible way. Um, let's get to this now because I know a lot of people want to talk about it, Bill Brock. So Andy Isabella, former Arizona Cardinal, ex-Cardinal now we can say for the last 24-plus hours, was cut by the team not claimed on waivers bow. So the Cardinals are saddled with some of his money. However, supposedly six up to six teams are interested, including the Kansas City Chiefs. Should Cardinal fans be sweating this scenario or should we say, in my opinion, good riddance, God bless Andy?
1: Yeah, just say good riddance. Just let's just let's just call this what it is. It's a divorce and just go. Uh, in separate ways, amicably, and and just, you know, wish Andy Isabella well, because according to Cliff Kingsbury, his head coach for his entire career, he went out, w- you know, as a very classy individual, had a uh, discussion with Cliff Kingsbury in K2, divulged a little bit of what was said in that meeting, and including what, you know, the parting words were for Isabella, and he said, uh, Coach, prove him, bar- prove him wrong, Coach, and, um, you know, Obviously, we we continue to are, are, can follow the tea leaves that this organization knows what's being said on the outside of the building there. So that the fact that Andy Isabella is is his messages prove him wrong. Um, you know, nice thing for Isabella to say, but also that that's kind of some dialogue going on within the Arizona Cardinals organization that this team feels like it's not getting the respect, and and that people believe that you know they see that people aren't buying into them through four weeks of the season is it's interesting to me, but yeah, classy move by Andy Isabella. I'm not concerned that he's going to go in and make a big impact elsewhere. Um, he could like, we talked about our audio only podcast. We really deep dive what's going to happen next with a guy like Andy Isabella and also went wrong with Andy uh, that we believe he'll probably be on a practice squad. He'll get up to speed and then he'll get an opportunity. And it will probably look similar to what it looked like in Arizona where he's not able to take full advantage of those
0: opportunities. I agree with that. And listen, everybody's been through breakups here. You have to have some kind of understanding that that person that you're no longer with could have success after your relationship. You should hope for that, right? Now, in the Cardinals' sake, they're probably not hoping Andy goes somewhere and has 1,200 yards, but and that's an indictment of them. But this pick is already a failure. You, you cut your losses. You see what else you have. And what the Cardinals have, Bo Brock, is I think a budding group of receivers ready to step up after that lackluster start to the season, we saw that at practice today, Antoine Wesley, amongst others, returned. And mm-hmm. I think he is one of the most underrated players on this team. I know people are talking about well, what it what can he offer. He offers size, something that Isabella and many of his counterparts, his ex-counterparts with Arizona, do not offer. Greg Dorch, Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, all undersized. And then A.J. Green, God yeah. love him, was back there moving around. That's a, that's a shocker to me, so... How does this receiving court kind of shake out Sunday? Are there enough mouths to feed? And God forbid, is A.J. Green, AJ Green going to settle back in his old wide receiver two situation on Sunday?
1: Well, I mean, he's the Z receiver, right? He's, he's the guy that's gained the is trust. He, though, is, do we look, he is. That. He is. And, and look how they approach the snaps between Rondell Moore and Dorch. It's like. But I, don't, I don't like that either. I know I don't you don't like it. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is. It's just unfortunate. Okay. It absolutely is unfortunate. And I, I got to take my medicine here. But it, like, it's, it's like A.J. Green has earned the trust of, of Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and the organization and the coaching staff as far as who they believe can play that role, that Z outside receiver, the best. And they still feel it's the 34-year-old A.J. Green coming off of a, a knee bruise. And, you know, Antoine Wesley, could he play X like he did at the end of last season, filling in for DeAndre Hopkins? And then you start to move around Hollywood Brown. You, you move around Rondell Moore and you move around Greg Dortch. I don't know how you get all of them on the field at the same time. Probably not. You just kind of mix and match. And Cliff Kingsbury says that the team's going to be very uh, cautious or, or just smart as far as they, how they approach these three guys potentially coming back. And Colt McCoy is the backup quarterback, and Antonio Hamilton, who looked juiced up out there. He was excited to be on the practice field and defensive side of the football. But it diversifies your wide receiver core, and I think that that in itself is important for this team and what Kyler Murray wants to do. And especially on on the and it might frustrate people, but like those third and short situations, like. AJ or Antoine Wesley can can maybe get some, win some one-on-one battles if that's what the philosophy is. I don't agree with that as well, but that's what they're going for. They want to incorporate big plays again and those guys can make some big plays. So yeah, I love Cardinal fans. They've got a lot of class
0: and they have <laughs> a lot of smarts in the chat. Wesley is good. Most people agree Wesley should be inserted into the starting lineup along with Greg Dorch. But I, I think we're going to see a starting receiving core that has A.J. Greenback in it and Rondell Moore taking more snaps away from Dorch. Now, Dorch is still effective as a punt returner, uh, and I think he is somebody that will have a, a roster spot for the rest of the year, absolutely, because this group has been shown to be injury-prone. But I think we're going to get some context now of what a pre- and post-Hopkins world is going to look like. And if, if you're Greg Dorch, I hope you don't get pushed too far down the depth chart. Cardinals house saying in the chat, love that icon. Wesley is really good and Hollywood Brown is good. We will beat the Eagles. I like that mindset, my friend. And, you know, uh, speaking of black helmets, so they're going to debut this weekend. Mm-hmm. We've talked about them at nauseam. Um, is this kind of the magic elixir to break <laughs> this egregious, almost one year home losing streak at State Farm Stadium? Because you do you play better when you look better. And the Mm -hmm. Cardinals' uniforms, look, look, you know how I feel about them. They leave a lot to be desired. At least with this helmet now, maybe you got some extra players coming back. I mean, how do guys feel about the black helmet? They're pumped up about it. And I actually have to tell an embarrassing story.
1: Kyler held his media uh, availability today, and I asked him about the black helmets. And he threw me for a loop and asked me what I thought about them. And Did he really? I I, kind of stumbled. I wasn't expecting him to answer my question with a question. And I call them clean. And I don't think that's the correct adjective that you want to no, use. for, for the, That's fine. Clean would be like white. Like the, the Bengals uniforms are clean. They're the white on white.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Think I think clean. like the Bengals uniform is a good ver- like that's how you use clean. Right. The black helmets, I would say sleek. Yes. Hot, mm-hmm. Etc.
0: Everything that I said so emma is our resident uh gen <laughs> gen z are here so when we try to be cool bo and i in our uh mid late 30s we we go to emma uh i i think your response was more than more than fine what, what was I mean, most importantly what was kyler's response to to you saying Clint? he was just like matter of fact like okay he, he was just like they're cool um I, i'm just glad
1: i didn't say like dope or rad what's the what, wrong answers only man. what are those uh, Wrong answers
2: would be dope, sick, cool. <laughs> like the way that he said "cool." Like Bobby you, Max. You said hype these it are up. sick There's bro. <laughs> yeah, no, but honestly, like coming from like Kylie's perspective, if I asked you that question and you said "clean," uh-huh. I'd be like, "Oh shit, he knows his stuff." Okay, cool. Okay, so it's a it's a decent answer. I wouldn't. Okay. I personally wouldn't do it, but that's I'm 21. Right. You know,
1: this is Emma saying I I messed up. See, this, but this is, this is this not is Emma's. royally. No, you tea. didn't. You didn't mess up
2: royally. I think, like for your age, yeah, you used it in a decent manner.
0: That's, People that's in the kind chat, of a backhanded compliment, but I'll take it in the <laughs> chat. Sly says, drip, flip, or skip. Uh, that's a that's that's one way to go about it. On fleek, according to Mike A. Tubular, tight, tight, on point, clean. I clean. I don't think I would have been as quick enough to even say clean. <laughs> that uh, was the bomb. To, yeah, that's probably. <laughs> It's good I didn't go that far.
2: I'm nice. very happy you did not yeah. say they are the bomb.
0: You know what's a good good temperature check is when the Cardinals are playing Sunday, national media is going to see these helmets for the first time and maybe their reaction. And we'll see if anybody says these look clean. Uh, I think you'll be surprised. I think there'll be some people that that throw that out there, give you some love, Bob Rock. I'm going to give some love right now to one of my favorite new apps. It's Underdog Fantasy. We use it every time we can, specifically during Football Sunday. It's a great place to dabble. On your favorite player statistics, if they're going to go up, if they're going to go down, you can search in the app store. Click in the show notes below. Use that promo code PHNX and guess what? Underdog Fantasy friends and family is going to double your first deposit up to one hundred. I put in a hundred; they gave me an additional hundred to dabble with. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. I'm starting to look at
1: tomorrow's Thursday night game between the Colts and Denver. Colts are dead. Dead, I mean, dead team walking Matt Ryan, 0.5 interceptions, the higher lower game on underdog, which is so addictive. Yeah. Hit the higher, uh, you've got, let's see what's, what's good one. Russell Wilson. Little chub action
0: sack sack lunch on old immobile Matt Ryan. I'd be all over the defense for the, for the Broncos. Yeah. Hit it it up underdog.
1: It's addictive. Uh, Definitely love dabbling on the new app, and also love to dabble over at Four Peaks, our favorite brewery in Tempe. And we've got some great events coming up, including ASU Hockey Night. They're going to unveil the new arena, and we've got an event going on, sold out. You can't even go if you want to. Maybe you can find some <laughs> tickets on the secondary market. Can you? Can you sell? You're not it? allowed. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. But uh, we've got gr- more great events. If you missed out on that one at Four Peaks, stay tuned for more information. Check out their great beer, of course. Wow, Wheat, you've got Kilt Lifter, you've got the Hazy, you've so many, Pumpkin Porter, it's unbelievable, you got to be 21 years or older,
0: enjoy responsibly. Big matchup this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and Bo, you and I have been kind of making the rounds over with the, the Philadelphia folks, the fine Philadelphia folks, their podcasts, their shows, and you know highlighting specific key matchups. Four cards hosting Philly. And, you know, on the surface to me, I think this game is going to be one like last week line of scrimmage. Cardinals did something they hadn't really done all year against Carolina. They dominated the point of attack on each side of the ball. Defensive line got after Baker Mayfield. And the offensive line, I don't think was leaned into enough because they were running the ball at will. They gave up one sack in the process. So my key matchup for this game is really going to be former Arizona Cardinal Hassan Reddick versus DJ Humphreys. I would say Fletcher Cox versus. God forbid, a Billy Price. That wouldn't be good. Hopefully it's Rodney Hudson. Those are the two positions right now I'm looking at. Offensive and defensive line. How do the Cardinals mismatch or have an advantage against Philly and their stout lines of scrimmage?
1: Yeah, they do. You know, they're the anti-Cardinals. I mean, they generate get a ton of pressure. They've got some great pass rush specialists and they got that guy Cox in the middle. That's just a, a a monster. And then they've got some great cover guys: Darius Slay, two picks, and James Bradbury's been playing well after coming over from New York. So there's there's some very you know scary guys that they're going to have to keep tabs on defensively. And I think that the Eagles are, are the team that the Cardinals want to be like, offensively and defensively. Yeah. And they've just executed early on this season. Now they had the luxury of playing uh, just some bad teams including Washington the commanders are awful and the Lions will get into a shootout with you uh you know you got to look more at that Lions games like they'll give it there's opportunities to score on this team it's just like are the Arizona Cardinals going to be able to come out and have the offensive firepower not shoot themselves in the foot early enough to where I think that they can they can match this team now will they that's that's the biggest question that continues to be the question with this Arizona Cardinals team and You know, it's nice to get healthy, but we saw how incorporating guys back in the lineup has been tough for this team. Rondell Moore, three catches for 11 yards, not enough. You know, how are you going to, are you, are you going to force feed AJ green, the ball again, who in his, his season so far has been tough. And, and you know, his his hands don't look as solid as you'd like them to be. And Antoine Wesley, you know, how's he going to look? He, he went down a long time ago. He went down pretty early in training camp. So, to knock the rust off, if he's available come Sunday, you know how
0: are they going to do that on the fly against the team that's uh, that's unblemished for the season, Johnny? Brian in the chat, I, this is my matchup right now. Like Zavin and Isaiah Simmons, assuming Simmons plays a good amount again, uh, whether or not Nick Vigil comes back into the starting lineup, how do they do at the point of attack in space against the playmakers, including Jalen Hurts for Philadelphia? The the Cardinals got screened to death by a rather now limited L.A. Rams team, and it didn't matter. The Rams did what they wanted to do in that matchup. Philadelphia is much more explosive and physical with their playmakers. Hertz is a big guy. He's a a fierce runner. And then you talk about somebody like A.J. Brown. Can Byron Murphy duplicate his Devontae Adams performance from two weeks ago? Two catches for, what, 12 yards? I think, you know, in a weird way, that matchup lends itself to Byron because he's much more physical. He's not a top-end burner. So what does that mean for Marco Wilson against Devontae Smith? This will be the biggest test since the Kansas City opener for this defense. Now, they're giving up 16 points per game. We'll be asking a ton for them to duplicate that. I don't think they can, but can they keep Philadelphia under 30 points and force one to two turnovers in the process and allow the Cardinals offense to continue to get right? That's going to be the biggest key. Uh, Jose in the chat saying, "Not going to lie, I'm scared with Rodney Hudson questionable. Johnny and Bo, does Billy Price offer some peace of mind? I don't think so. And I, <laughs> I would say, not because of him as the player. Billy Price has been with the Cardinals for a day. Like yeah. Sean Harlow, if you're if you're in a position where you have to start somebody, Sean Harlow is going to start because he knows all the protection schemes. He's been with the team for multiple years. Yep. he may not be as good of a player. As Billy Price, but there's more than just the physical aspect. So then you're talking about, okay, Sean Harlow and then probably Max Garcia back at left guard. That is that is dicey. So, I mean, they can get by with Max Garcia at left guard. They did in the second half after Justin Pugh went out against pretty good Carolina defense. Where they're going to have issues, and everybody knows this, is if it's Harlow and Max Garcia against that kind of dreaded defensive line for Philadelphia bow.
1: Yeah. I think I think the biggest key is to try to make this offense one dimensional. And, and yeah. that that is making Jalen Hurts beat you with his with his arm. But you know, obviously take away a lot of the screen game and and really slow down Miles Sanders, who is underrated across the league. I think it's fast back, great at catching the football out of the backfield. And, you know, we've seen the Cardinals, when they can slow down the run, they had their best performance against Christian McCaffrey last week. And, and when they're giving up chunk yards, it's just, it's different. It's night and day. If they can limit the run game, and, and that's where Nick Sirianni and this team was able to kind of find itself last season and propelled themselves to a playoff appearance. And, and they're parlaying that into a hot start here. Like, if you can make them one-dimensional, and you can Jalen Hurts has to beat you downfield. I think that's that's your best bet. Now people might say, "Hey, well he's he's grown as a passer." That's all well and good, but you know I I we still haven't have we haven't seen that happen yet where he's no. he's taken over a game with his arm and been that rhythm passer that a lot of people are skeptical that he can he can become at the next level. Like we've seen him take some very large leaps forward. Like he is a lot better NFL quarterback than people ever imagined, but still. Right. You can make him, you can take him from a very above average quarterback and make him pedestrian by cutting kind of their offense in half by taking away the run game.
0: Uh, I like this comment from RBG, assuming this is to Cliff Kingsbury in the Arizona Cardinal offense. The ball needs to move north and south, not east and west or backwards and get under center sometimes. I saw today the Cardinals lead the league in running out of the shotgun easily. They are by far the the most that, that do that because they, they never operate under center. And that's unfortunate, RBG, because we saw with Colt McCoy last year in the lineup, they did run some under center offense. Um I, I'm assuming it's because Kyler Murray's size, but I, I'm with you. I don't I can't see any more jet suites to Rondell Moore. Give him a real route tree. If you're if you're dead set, Bo on playing him over Greg Dorch, let him run the same routes that Greg Dorch does. You weren't trying that cute shit with, with Greg, you allowed him to kind of flourishes as, as what he was and we, what we saw it carried through from the preseason in the first three weeks of the season. So I I'm with you. I think that the Cardinals set the tone last week against Carolina and ran up and down and did whatever they wanted to in the ground game. And I think, you know, Benjamin needs an, an additional, you know, touch or two as compared to last week, you know, Jose mentioning the Cardinals did well in the pistol formation. I agree with that. Um, Jalen in the chat hurts through for 3:30 on this team only in his second start. I remember it. Well, He's much better now, and you can make an argument. I mean, how much better is the Cardinal defense than that day? They no longer have Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick. Um, uh, Low to Capone says the last time Hertz played in Glendale, it was like watching a heavyweight fight. Well, I'm going to tell That's you right blast. now, this, this Eagles team yeah. is a lot better than that team.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt so, about it. I mean, it was it was back and forth. It was I think both teams scored in the 30s in that game, right? And it was uh, it was the season the Arizona Cardinals had the hot start and fell short. You remember that one? yeah and I I remember <laughs> I remember a that of them.
0: many times yes
1: yeah but it was it was that was at the that's when they needed a win they got a win at that time and still fell short later in the season but look I I, I understand like he put up big numbers but that was the game plan that was the yeah. game plan that they were going to force him to try to beat him with his arm and like he performed very well and he's got some better receivers I mean at that point they had really nobody they had like Was did Zach Hurts even play that game for the Eagles? I I, that's that's one thing. Like when you talk about Zayvon Collins and you talk about Isaiah Simmons, it's like Dallas Goddard is having a pretty good start to the season. He's close to 250 yards receiving, and you know who's is he gonna is is Isaiah gonna have the assignment of spying Hurts or is he gonna be covering tight ends like they said they drafted him for? And then Zayvon's gonna have to keep tabs on Miles Sanders. So it's tough. It's it's really gonna be interesting to see like. That defensive line, that front seven, they're going to really have to be on top of their game to make sure that they're not going to give up some big chunk plays, some big frustrating plays on third down to move the change.
0: Uh, I've got the box score up in case you're interested from that game. In December 20th, 2020, Hertz did throw for three touchdowns. He was fantastic. Uh, Ran for another, had four touchdowns on the day as a rookie. Uh, Zach Hertz did play that day. He was the leading receiver for Philadelphia, had 69 yards, Alshon Jeffrey also had a nice day, two receptions, sixty-three. Quez Watkins had a nice catch and run. Greg Ward Jr. also had a couple tutties. So uh, it was a Kyler Murray show that day. Uh, yeah. I think Fitz, Fitz had Can a touchdown. We we're due. Every <laughs> every show I've been on, it's just like, yeah, we're just kind of waiting for because you know what's coming for Kyler Murray to break out. And I think I, I think he has definitely been hampered by the consistent inconsistencies from the receiving core. The mix and matching, some inconsistent offensive line play from the interior mixing and matching guys. So I think he could also benefit Bob Brock from a little bit better play calling. And I'm going to tell you, guys, right now, you can bet on uh, new customers $5 on any NFL team to win. Be a DraftKings, get $200 back in free bets. If you do, we mentioned the big Thursday night matchup manana. Uh, I am not a fan of the Colts. So you can dabble. Uh, On the Colts, if you so choose, Matt Ryan, his props for the evening, everything and anything on DraftKings. And and folks, if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings. Step up, same game, parlays right now for every leg you add can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else you wouldn't? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on step up, same game, parlays once per day, all season long. I'm big on the Broncos tomorrow. Uh, I think they get back on track, and uh, I think Indy's season probably ends. And it's simple for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details, Bo. It's
1: definitely a pair of offenses that have started the season that can put you to sleep as far as the Broncos and the Colts. But if you want an alternative to that, if you don't want to watch Thursday night football, but you're still having trouble, Getting to sleep and staying asleep. OG's is changing the game. They've got their brand new sleep edition gummy. They're flavoring dreams along with flavoring life. OG's has now got that aqua berry flavored sleep edition gummy that has two to one THC to CBM ratio. That means that CBN, it's the compound that helps put you to sleep and keep you to sleep. Highly recommend you check out OG's online. That's at ogsbrands.com, O G E E Z Brands.com, and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can find their products at your local dispensary. You Got to be 21 years or older.
0: Uh, do me a favor for a hot minute, everybody smash that like button. It helps uh, sure. circulate the video around the YouTube uh, metaverse algorithm, if you will. Uh, smash the like button. I'm going to smash my fist into my wall because NFL.com did a <laughs> ranking of all the rookies. Top 25 rookies from the 2022 draft class thus far, quarter of the way in. Uh, Bo, would you care to guess how many Cardinals were on that list? This is from uh, Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, I would say goose egg. The old big zero. Yeah. Maybe even like a negative. Uh, didn't even get a, uh, what do you call it, honorable mention for uh, maybe the nice trade they made for for Hollywood Brown. Um, but here's what I will say. Most of the players on this list, Sauce Gardner, Chris Alave, Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Garrett Wilson, Aiden Hutchinson, Drake London. Most of these guys were way ahead of where the Cardinals were picking. So that tells you, you know, Johan Dotson, um, Jack Jones, interesting name, ASU alum, uh, Tyler Lindenbaum, Romeo Dubs. I mean, has there been a rookie to you? Because... First I want to contextualize it like the Cardinals don't play rookies we get that we know that we're going to talk about that here in a second. Has there been a rookie to you that you feel like would have been a better fit than Hollywood Brown at pick 23?
1: No. No. Not at all. Yeah. Uh I, I the, the kid from Jacksonville was it Lloyd that played at Utah? Yeah. He was 27th overall. He was he, he's he was I think the rookie of the month in the AFC. Just a monster. He's everything that Steve Kime wanted when he drafted Guys like Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, but you know it would be absurd if they want a third straight year <laughs> drafting a linebacker. Um, no, I just and the guys that that they were you know rumored to be targeting are all pretty damn good, especially at yeah. the wide receiver position. I mean, Jahan Dotson has been you know one of the few bright spots spots as far as Washington's offense goes, and you know all the I think outside of maybe Traylon Burks, who he, he's made a play here or there, but the wide receiver class has been unreal to start and if the arizona cardinals were legitimately in on any of those guys and rumored to be in on lindenbaum like you know good for them you know it seems like their scouting came around at least on who they liked but if any of these guys go to the cardinals do they even get enough hay to to show you know that they were worthy of the pick i don't know if if they can because that i'm just going off a couple snap. They're under 100 snaps as a rookie class, I, I would assume, and it's not even close. And that's unfortunate. We saw 32 snaps from Trey McBride last week, and he had three catches and 24 yards, and that was encouraging. But it's also like Stockholm syndrome, like they've beaten us into believing, hey, three catches, 24 yards, and you know, 32 snaps is is good. When other teams are getting guys who are making impacts now, big impacts, and that's unfortunate that as a Cardinals fan, you can't. You you can't rely upon your rookie class
0: right out of the gates to to get playing time and then get to make an impact. Well, it's also frustrating because the Cardinals are not productive right now at outside linebacker, and they took two rookies in the third round that just so happen to play that position. Mize Sanders can't be active; he hasn't been active, I think, since week two. Cameron Thomas does not play snaps on defense, so I it just that position you, you look at maybe next offseason, maybe the trade deadline. We're going to preview that on tomorrow's pod of what the Cardinals can do to add some help because it's not going to come presumably from the rookie class. They don't trust yeah. them for whatever reason. It's it, this, this year with this group is going to come down to two guys, Hollywood Brown, who's eighth in the NFL in receiving yards right now. Like say what you want about everything that's going on with the Cardinal rookie class and what's most nobly not going on. The Hollywood Brown acquisition has been a slam dunk. And I think yeah. if you would have taken a pulse of the fan base and certainly in the national media, when they made this move, people thought it was a reach and I know it's early; it's four games in. People thought it was an overpay. People are like, "That's a that's a player trending in the wrong direction." He is on pace, and I don't. These numbers aren't going to stay consistent, I don't think, because of Hopkins coming back and the position get a little diluted. But f- almost fifteen hundred yards, he's been fantastic. He doesn't drop passes like he did in Baltimore, and mm-hmm. we still haven't seen him stretch the field yet. And you know that's coming when Hopkins takes away the opposing team's number one corner. So uh, that has been a. As close to a slam dunk, and he is a huge reason you are two and two. You're you're might you might be 0 and four, and you taking like a Trent McDuffie or George Kalafakis as promising as some of those young guys have looked in mm-hmm. the short term. I mean, you would be in huge trouble. There's a good chance you'd be one and three or 0 and four, and then Trey McBride. You mentioned it. He, he's playing a little bit more every week. He is trending toward being the co-starter with Zach Ertz, and they threw him the ball. Early last week, that is a positive. You know those reps are are paying off. He missed some time, Bo Brock, in training camp. He has made up for it now. And for me, like we, you, you mentioned it, like we're at the point now. I want just to see them on the field and mm-hmm. know that they've earned the coach's trust. I feel like I have that with Trey McBride now. Yeah, he is, really gonna he's really going to be. He's going to be a part of the offense moving forward.
1: It's really going to be interesting to see how they maneuver this roster to incorporate you know the three guys who are healthy because the Andy Isabella cut wasn't even to make room for any of those guys they're practicing right whenever they're activated officially off the IR that means they're going to have to make three roster spots so you have to imagine like Jesse Locatta who they just signed back to the active roster is, is he on the chopping block um Trace Great. McSorley i have to imagine his his days as being on the active roster can they can they slide him through to the practice squad one more time um it, it's really going to be fascinating to see how they maneuver this and, and how many um, casualties are from the rookie class? Like this, this Christian Matthew, who they cut before the beginning of the season and they were able to put him, you know, back on the, 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 the active roster. Like does he make
0: it once they get healthier and healthier at the cornerback slot? It's, it's, it's gonna be fascinating. Christian Matthews might be in trouble because I probably the, the cornerback group now. And it's, I mean, there's not a bunch of pro bowlers everywhere, but they're at least capable now. They've got four guys, I think, that they feel like they can roll out every Sunday, and then you compound that with two safeties that can cover. I mean, this is the best i felt about the defensive back group with the way Antonio Hamilton looked at practice today, and you were there, Bo. I, I feel great about what, what's yeah. coming from that group. And offensively, we've said it at nauseum. They are going to just be too talented by midseason to continue like this. They may not score 40-plus points in a game this year, but they're going to sleepwalk their way to 20, 25, 30 points a game in the second half with with the defenses that they play and the amount of targets and, and weaponry that they have, assuming people stay healthy. And I know that's a big if like and that's and that's in part because of Hollywood Brown and Trey yeah. McBride. Those were their tight. They, they invested a premium in, in offense. And I think we, of clearly we have not seen the best of that yet.
1: Right. It's going to come down to play calling and execution of that play calling, too. I mean, regardless of what the names are and how eye-popping they are and headlining. Does um, it make you
0: feel better, though, that, that Cliff has been able to use Hollywood Brown effectively? Because Hopkins is his own outlier thing. He was already a proven commodity, all-pro receiver. But, I mean, he Hollywood Brown had a nice year in Baltimore last year, just eclipsed 1,000 yards. I mean, Cliff has has inserted him and has gotten him targets and open. That's that's at least progress, right? Or am I yeah. grasping for straws? Sure. Scouts?
1: I mean, it, it, there aren't a whole lot of things that you can you can celebrate offensively through four weeks of the season. And yeah, Hollywood Brown and him, you know, projected according to you, fourteen hundred yards and you know probably eight touchdowns. I think those yeah. are your projections, right? I mean, that's you take that. That's that's still going to outpace most of the rookie class as far as wide receivers Easy. go. And, and you got a third round to boot on that. So you've got and, and Cam Thomas. I saw it in the chat. I, I didn't. I Sorry, I missed who said it. But like he's he's playing more and more snaps. Like slowly but surely. But uh, we're still not seeing trust in, in the in the young pass rushers outside of Thomas. I mean Thomas. I say he played more. He played nine snaps. You know. So uh, I don't think. Unfortunately, they're going to cut DK and Devon Kennard at this point. It's just they they can't. They're hoarders as far as like vets on on this defense that are fringe roster types that you know vance joseph he he's like guys who hoard dead cats like he hoards vets who make minimal impacts. <laughs> you've been watching that uh dahmer documentary on Netflix. No. Man, oh god man. yeah no but it's I, I don't know what their deal is in their reluctancy to, to do it. Obviously they've talked so much about trust and, and on the offensive side, McBride's gaining trust and the, the other guys, it's kind of the status quo since the beginning of the season. So, I mean, if there are any kids in the room, maybe just turn the volume down. It's just time to embrace the fuck them picks mentality. Have we reached that point?
0: I am into one thing <laughs> with this franchise. I think people know where I'm going. I'm into winning football games. Yeah. And and there are different ways to do that. And you have to lean into what you're good at. You know what this team's not good at? Drafting players in right. April. And we will celebrate the draft, <laughs> and cover the draft next year, come to our draft party. It's going to be awesome. TBD on where that's going to be. Right now, I want to ship every day two pick they have for proven veterans to help come <laughs> and kick ass this year and try to get to the playoffs and win playoff games. That's what I care about. I don't care about Joe Schmo at Bumblefuck University (laughs) that's going to project to play 10% of snaps in 2023, go get Deron Payne, ship out a third-round pick, call up the Chicago Bears, inquire about Roquan Smith, inquire about Robert Quinn. I liked your your assessment of somebody like Jerry Hughes. We need some of these teams that are fringe teams. I know a lot of people think the Cardinals are going to be in this spot too. So, I mean, we're hedging our bet that they're not. These bad teams that we knew were going to be bad that have won a couple games early, it's time for you to fall off and go on five and six game losing streaks so we can circle like buzzards and pick the carcass <laughs> of your franchise and steal some of your players. I am 100% with Bo. I, I don't know how you could be a fan. Like, its I get it. It's a kind problem, right? And everybody is going to point that out. Well, if the Cardinals had the right GM in place, they, they would draft better players. I mean, 100%. You have ground to stand on with that. He is, he's a below average drafter. You know, he's really good at Bo acquiring players, veteran yeah. players. His NFL scouts are, are doing a nice job. Zach Ertz, Marcus Golden, Devon or Devon Kennard, Kenyon Drake, Chandler Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, what well, if you could pick one player for the Cardinals to trade for, no matter the price, assuming it's realistic, this trading deadline, who would you go with? I'd go with
1: DeRon Payne. Yeah. I, I think that he's a guy that can come in and immediately kind of stuff the run a little bit, wreak some havoc, uh, create some uh, pass rush lanes for other guys and, and play and fill a need that has been needed for so long in the teeth of that Arizona Cardinals defense. Uh, you know, a, a close, I think they could acquire pain and then like a, a mid-level pass rush specialist to, between now and the end of the trade deadline. I mean, you've, you have enough draft capital and, you're not crazy as far as salary cap. I don't know what the hell happened to all the salary cap. Last time I checked, it was just over six million dollars, right? Isn't that right, Johnny? Yeah. So it's it's they're not they're not
0: Scrooge McDucking, uh swimming in salary well, cap money. And no one wants to hear about salary cap when the team in your own division manipulates it. And here, I want to get to this comment here, Marcus, in the chat. I think this is a valid point, but I want to address it. So he, here's what he says: Marcus says in the chat, we won't be able to afford veterans down the road. So we better win the ship this year if we win them at all. Rams going to feel it and are right now. If the Cardinals make trades at the deadline and make the playoffs, then the trades were a success that, mm-hmm. that, for this franchise. Not everybody, the Buffalo Bills, if they make a trade and don't win the Super Bowl, it was a failure. But we have to contextualize it based on expectations of a franchise that has made the playoffs how many times since they moved to Arizona. It's, it's building blocks, right? And I don't want to hear about, I'm sorry, who this is going to leave out next spring in free agency. Let's worry about that in March. I, I yep. worry about Byron Murphy getting paid in March and Zach Allen and company. I don't care that Deron Payton's a free agent to be or Robert Quinn's older. Like I, here's, here's what I care about beating the Holy hell out of Jimmy Garoppolo and putting <laughs> Matthew Stafford on his ass and destroying Geno Smith and winning the NFC West. And if those guys can help you do that, hang a division banner get into the wild card, get hot with Kyler Murray, compliment your young quarterback, give him a, a, you know, a top five defense. I just, we, we, we want everything to be perfect. We want to build the perfect roster. We want to hit on every draft pick. It's just not realistic. The Cardinals just need to lean into what they're good at. Yeah, absolutely. I
1: mean, theoretically you'll have all these draft picks to to draft and develop players, but like the, the theory of insanity is, is in full effect with this organization. It's like to, to expect the same thing, do the same thing, and expect different results, it's insane. You know, Steve Kime is not going to just figure it out one day. It's not going to click. He's not going to be on a beach someday, and it's just going to come to him like, oh, I'll go to power five players from those conferences. From and, the SEC. Yeah, I'll go get them, and he's done that, and he's failed at that too. So uh, it's the, the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, just kind of – I I know that when you mortgage the future, you have to pay that future mortgage, no doubt about it at some point. But when you have a quarterback the caliber of Kyler Murray, who's going to enter his prime years, you know, you put him in the on the best possible team you can put at during those years and then you figure everything else out afterwards like the salary cap really is a year-to-year thing like you can yeah. look at how you, know, you can get scared off by the sticker price of what your salary cap projects and future monies that guys are going to be making and, and what that cap number is going to look like but there's there's wiggle room there's way to maneuver that stuff and the only way it doesn't really work out is if your players like take a shit and they just completely suck and and you're stuck with a bad contract get her, get and and, right
0: and, yeah Tom bomb in the chat problem with trading for players is the depth issues we have. I disagree. You trade picks for players right now. That helps your depth today. Cardinals have shitty depth in their front seven ship out. One of your compensated third round picks from next spring. You're in good shape. Deron Payne helps you because JJ Watts got health issues. Zach Allen has never completed a full season. Healthy that helps supplement that. And I would also argue like, does anybody think we have quality depth at outside linebacker right now? No, because the two rookies you, you drafted, the the, co- the coaching staff right now doesn't have confidence in them. So it doesn't even matter if, if the Cardinals have 20 picks next spring. You know, they have to play and contribute. And this franchise has shown us for far too long, for whatever reason, they do not trust rookies. And it's not it's not exclusive to second and third rounders. Trey McBride, Isaiah Sanders, Cameron Thomas. Isaiah Simmons could not get on the field as a rookie. And if Vance Joseph is here and Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury That's going to be consistent for X player they take next year. It would have to be uh, you would have to knock it out of the park with the rookie that you take next year and they force their way onto the field. And unless you're Kyler Murray, I know who has that been in the Cliff Kingsbury era that said this guy kicked ass during training camp. Maybe Jalen Thompson as a supplemental fifth round pick is the only player I can think of, Bo, that came in because here's the here's the thing. The expectation is that you make the playoffs this year, and the expectations are going to be guess what that you make the playoffs next year and do better. Who is helping you do that in your rookie class next year? Nobody. Yeah, but you can you can convince a Duran Payne to come here and love your culture and love this team and re-sign with you in free agency and a yeah. la a Zach Ertz last spring, Bo. It's just taken far too long for for these guys to develop, and we, and we talked
1: this uh, about this a couple of weeks ago on, on an audio only podcast about you know the development and how it it just it forces this team into making tough decisions like Christian Kirk or letting guys hit the free agent market after having decent seasons and, and teams that have ample cap space being able to maybe overspend for those guys, and the Arizona Cardinals are just kind of SOL because they don't know you know by year three or extension time when they can yeah. get the guys on a team friendly deal whether they can play or not. And like we're just finding out about Zach Allen. I think we had a pretty good idea about Byron Murphy. And and now if the their representation is smart, they either, you know, force they have all the rep leverage with Steve Kime or they're smart and they hit the open market and get the highest dollar they can possibly get uh from, from some cap some team that has a ton of cap space in the offseason. So it really is they don't do themselves any service to to drafting, developing, and signing guys to to lucrative deals or, or team-friendly deals going forward. It's, it's really crazy, and they're going through that vicious cycle again with this group where we're not going to know a whole lot about this draft class any more than we knew going into the season about like a McBride, about Cam Thomas, about Maje Sanders, uh, whether or not
0: they can hang at the NFL level. And I doubt we'll even get enough the next season. If I'm Steve Kime, and I I got an extension, but maybe my job is on the line. Maybe I can't look down the barrel of a five- or six-game win season, and I don't think the Cardinals, even without a trade, are going to do that. But hypothetically, like, why would I not say, Michael Bidwell, I'm going to trade some picks. We're going to get some help because we're going to make the playoffs this year. I I, I think that only if I'm Steve Kime incentivizes me to make a trade. Because, hey, we weren't very active during the year. It's not like you're taking on a bunch of money. Most of the time in these trade scenarios, it's guys that are have expiring contracts. The team has moved on. The team might pay a bunch more of their contract if you give them a premium pick, like a second or a third rounder. It just it does not derail your franchise. And the Cardinals earned that third round comp pick from Chandler Jones. So wouldn't it be very poetic to then bring in a front seven pass rusher to help offset the, his absence? And Bo's absolutely right. The Cardinals would have paid Christian Kirk 8 to 10 to $12 million a year to stay here and to continue to grow with this organization. They didn't know what they had, and they misused his development and forced him outside while they aided uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald as a slot receiver. That was uh, incorrect on their part. They should have put him at the slot since they run, just like Hassan Reddick should have been allowed to play outside linebacker from day one, and those guys probably have already inked um, extensions with this franchise. And then on the defensive side, Bo mentioned it. Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, it's great. Breakout seasons, but open the checkbook. And then, you know, you don't want to be paying Zach Allen top five defensive line money. But you might have to if he has a Pro Bowl season because you didn't hedge your bet. Uh, I want to remind everybody, it's still pretty hot out. Uh, I'm here in Maricopa, Arizona, and uh, I carry water with me everywhere. And the Arizona Department of Health is is reminding everybody to stay hydrated, Got the holiday season coming up. It might be easy to feel like we you don't need to hydrate. Well, you should. And if you want more information on that, go ahead and visit azhealth.gov, Bo. Also, you
1: got to tap in, even though it seems like it's still hot. It, it's fall, right? Pumpkin spice everywhere. You got the pumpkin porter from Four Peaks. And you got the fall sale over at More Furniture. More Furniture is going to hook you up. Go to morefurniture.com. Spruce up your home, your living room, your dining room. Where, wherever you're hanging out, your your bedroom, more your gamer room .com. if you Kyler. Yeah, Kyler's got a good gamer yeah. room. Man cave. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're seeing it in the chat right now, Johnny. Breaking news here on PHNX Cardinals. Our old friend Andy Isabella is joining the Ravens. Nice job, Emma getting this up. Aaron Wilson, NFL reporter of uh, Pro Football Network, putting it out there that Andy Isabella, second round pick, 66 second overall, 2019. Is joining Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore
0: Ravens. How do you like the fit, Johnny? Well, I, I don't dislike it. Here's what I'll say. I, I think most of us assumed he was going to get an opportunity fairly quickly. You're attached to that draft status, and there are teams that probably had a high grade on him. This also makes sense because he's from the East Coast. We all connected him to the Patriots. Massachusetts is pretty close to, guess what, Baltimore. He probably wanted to go back home. The Ravens, it's close. It's close enough. It's East Coast. Don't scoff at me it's not like he's in <laughs> freaking nebraska i would say that for andy this this works out well because it, their offense is kind of a one trick deal where the intermediate passing game is dominated by their tight ends they want a deep threat they lost hollywood brown the receivers rashad bateman's not doing all that hot after a, a quick start i think it's fine but you know what he's not going to get a, a bunch of robust targets you're, you're only going to see glimpses andy and that's something that. You didn't take advantage of in Arizona. Kyler Murray has the most attempts in the NFL. You could be feeding off of 8 to 10 targets a game if you would have blossomed. Instead, you got you might get 1 to 2 with Baltimore, assuming you're on the active roster. You can't be catching it with your body. You know what I mean? Right. Like you, you can't be quitting on routes. So uh, I'm i happy for Andy. We felt like it was going to be pretty seamless, him getting picked up. I said within a week, it took less than 24 hours.
1: Right, and, and I think Devin Duvernay already does is better at what Andy Isabella does than Annie Isabella by a lot. Like DuVernay yeah. is kind of figuring it out in this, his third season, yeah. Kyler Murray's cousin played college ball at Texas at a very high level. And uh, it, it's, it's that speed guy, maybe not the tallest wide receiver, uh, you know, Andy Isabella is going to get, you know, very little, as you said, opportunities, he's going to have to take advantage of them in that, in that offense, you know, obviously they, they like to lean on their tight ends and, and, mark andrews and we're already seeing isaiah likely get some looks a at, at, at tight end out of this recent draft class but yeah we'll see and it, it looks like it's not even a practice squad
0: opportunity i mean he's gonna it looks like he's going to the active roster well if you watch the receivers on sunday and i did because i had money on lamar throwing multiple touchdowns that did not cash they, they were looking for bodies but what would you say because there's a lot of this on twitter right now and i'm surprised by this i i would get it for somebody like isaiah simmons A lot of people pushing back on the notion that Andy is a bust and that he was, quote, not used properly under Cliff Kingsbury. Do you agree with that? Or do you feel like, as we mentioned in our pod yesterday, like this is an Andy problem?
1: Right. No, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I I think that this is a player that was given ample opportunity to prove himself and just never did it. He even had even after the big preseason that he had this year. And he had so many so many different variables went into him even breaking with the active roster. And then he gets an opportunity when AJ Green got hurt, when he had the knee bruise, for Andy Isabella go in there and play the outside receiver position, the position that he played and excelled at in the preseason when there was live ammo there. He cut his route, his route off in a on a big play on third down. That if he just started running, kept running, he could have gotten a PI flag, like he did three times but in the preseason. They didn't score so, that drive, but yeah, for whatever reason, he shut it down. He had like this. He, I don't know why he froze up in the regular season when he wasn't doing that he was just playing and playing very well in the preseason he just didn't he he just didn't perform when he needed to 33 catches in parts of four seasons just wasn't enough production for Mandy Isabella they tried to find role after role for the guy there were opportunities in the preseason there were opportunities in the regular season he became inactive 2 seasons ago so, no, this is not a Cliff Kingsbury – like, does it play a role into it? Could Cliff have developed him a little bit better, found that, uh, that role that would have fit him? Fine, but ultimately it came down to Andy Isabella not performing and not being an NFL-caliber wide receiver. And I think you're going to see that in Baltimore. You might see him make a play, but consistently he's not a guy that can consistently make plays
0: for you at the NFL level. If you're a Cardinal fan, just look at the receiving room right now. Maybe Sands, A.J. Green, everybody on in this group right now, especially when Hopkins comes back, you would take over Andy Isabella. You have more trust in Wesley, Dorch, even somebody like Rondell Moore, who's had big explosive plays, obviously Hollywood and then Hopkins. Like, there's five guys not named A.J. Green that I would trust over Andy Isabella. He just – he made everything look difficult. He could not do anything seamlessly. We talked about it in our podcast yesterday, Bo, like – he couldn't even do the most mundane things. He couldn't play special teams. You know, we mentioned him in the same breath as Mercole Hardman with Kansas City who was taken in that same loaded second round. At least he can return kicks. And he got beaten out in every facet by Greg Dortch. This 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 preseason into this season. And literally, I think he would have been cut sooner right after the preseason had it not been the injuries to Rondell Moore, Antoine Wesley, and suspension and DeAndre Hopkins. He probably would have been gone a long time ago. He, he's probably fortunate to be around getting it, getting it to checks until this point when, when other guys got healthy. So we wish Andy the best. Uh, we don't root for players to not have success here, unless you play for, you know, somebody in the NFC West Then you know, forget <laughs> it. But uh, in all seriousness, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five star review, wherever you get your podcast. We are back with our trade analysis show tomorrow pod. Be on the lookout for that. Then we have our big Eagles preview show in studio on Friday myself Bob Brock Frank Sanders for Bro Brock I'm Johnny Venerable we'll talk to you tomorrow see you, everybody